Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome, welcome to the Cult of the Collective Commentary. Featuring Dave A.C. Six Factor and Al Four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cult of Collective Commentaries. Yes, I may have been absent from today's show, but I'm back. Who could miss... Getting together with friends, watching Doctor Who, and getting blind drunk by the end of... Oh, uh, I mean, having a nice glass of wine. Speaking of blind drunk, here's Dave! <laughs> oh, thank you very much indeed. No, I'm it's, here... It's the intro he pays for, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm sober. I haven't got a ready quip. I'm just ready to see um, you. Is he drinking... Do you say you're drinking cockerel? Or was that something on top of the spire? Oh... <laughs> This is just something I was stroking. Uh, yes, I'm uh, drinking Rex Goliath Merlot. Which yes. has a cockerel on the front. Yes, a rather large cockerel. Yes, giant cockerel. Mm. 47 pounds. Wow. Yes. <laughs> anyway, enough skirting around that subject. Quick, Randall Thor, save us from innuendo. Mm. I noticed you're back, and you're back in a big way, to paraphrase the doctor from this episode. <laughs> yes, welcome back, Ian. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It's good to be back. E yes, by gum, by gum. Yeah, by, by gum. <laughs> yeah, just go down at the bottom of stairs. <laughs> anyway, yes, that's enough of that. Um, while we uh, slip into our other flash, I hope you will run off and grab your... Official BBC copies of the Rebel Flash. So we can sit down and all watch it together as the Golden Collective Commentary team talk all over the top of it. All right, gentlemen, do you have your flesh at the ready? <laughs> I'm having too much fun with this. It's the way you tell them. Oh, yeah, it's the way I tell them. <laughs> yes, if everybody has a... Do you guys... have to find my clone and have him watch it for me. <laughs> Yes. All right, I guess that means we're ready. So, if you are ready, the countdown will begin in five, four, three, two, one, play. Ooh. It's the island of Dr. Moreau. No, no, it's not. St. Michael's Mount. Beg your pardon? It's a place in the channel between oh, England and France. <laughs> so you're getting personal again. Hmm... <laughs> Santarans. Look at Santarans. <laughs> no, Santarans. Santar, ha, ha, Couldn't we get actors the same height? <laughs> oh, it's not. It's just of Life on Mars. Can. And Paradox. And whatever she's been in. <laughs> well, them suits don't do anything for your butt, do they?
Okay, they well, can invent the clapper, but nobody gets it. At least with this uh, teaser bit, we don't actually see, you know, any of our main characters. You know, it's never a good idea to stand on the ledge like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're standing by acid. Here, let me push you. Yeah, that's <laughs> health and safety. Quick. Uh... Oh, shenanigans. Right. Oof. Mm. So we've do, do you not think that chap's accent? Two minutes in, and we've lost a character. Yeah, do you not think that man, chap's accent, is like Victor First Mornington of uh, Second Life? Oh, but sorry, mate, you did. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sod him. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I melted. <laughs> oh, specifics. Yeah. <laughs> Not like anyone was hurt. Interesting. But the black humor there starts off. Yes. Of course, no sign of the Doctor in the opening. I fell short. Or, well, no. Or any of our other main characters. Mm. About two and a half minutes. Yeah. Close to three. Yeah. Doctor Who for the first time since Fear Her. Oh. <laughs> Matthew Graham. Yes. Redeem yourself, sir. Redeem yourself. No, <laughs> he's redeemed himself plenty of times in other things. I, I didn't understand why this music on in the title. I'm thinking, well, what's the doctor listening to this? And I'm thinking, oh, no, it's it's not. It's Rory and uh, Amy that picked the music. Mm. In case anyone's, if anyone's wondering what they're listening to, it's Muse. Supermassive Black Hole ah. is the name of the song. Uh -huh. The doctor's over there just... See, the thing, when, when I saw this, this scene for the first time, I, I found it quite, somewhat funny. It was like the doctor is going to start yelling at them, turn down your music, cranky yes. old man. <laughs> Quit raid deck writing the TARDIS. Listen, as I was saying, you know, Matthew uh, Graham doesn't need to redeem himself. He was responsible for... Uh, Life on Mars, uh, episodes of Life on Mars, episode one, two, three, six, eight, and uh, episodes one, five, and eight of series two. He's also responsible for the last train. Oh, very yes, good. Which is a lovely, lovely thing to watch. Uh, Dave was turned me onto it. Also, Ashes to Ashes, uh, series one, episode one, series one, uh, episode seven, and then series two. Uh, episode 2 and 8, Series 3, Episode 1, and Episode 8. Wow. That, uh, that flying through the um, sun tsunami, yes, I thought it nice. really looks good, yeah. Yeah. 
And it also reminds me a lot of, you know, the last episode with the console flying through the vortex. So, yeah. nice parallel. And of course we have the siren there. We didn't and have of the course, cloister bell. Trying to figure out where to go. <laughs> <laughs> Which bit to kiss goodbye. <laughs> now, there you are. Drinky, drinky, That's and that must be a... There you go. A large <laughs> cock crawl. Uh, Rory, yeah. expert at medieval things. Hmm. I wonder. They must have had trouble here because it snowed like anything while they were filming this. So oh, wow. That, that, <clears throat> I don't know how that bit survived the snow. Yeah. Melted it on camera. <laughs> I don't know if that's snow in the background there. It looks like there's some sort of bit of snow or something in the uh. background. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice little shot there of the TARDIS sitting in the one corner as they go into yeah. the, the the monastery. <laughs> now, Charlie noticed that that where it's almost like the um, patch uh, eye patch lady hole that. Mm. I think it's just a hole in the wall of the Well, house. I know it is, but in terms of choosing it as the option to film through. True. Oh, how, <laughs> how does and he know that? the theme of songs well, let's... being used in the background, we have a Dusty Springfield song. Yes. <laughs> You know, when I saw those cages that there, those recharge chambers that they were in, it reminded me of the Tomb of the Cybermen, the recharge unit mm. that was part of the story. Yeah. But had the same sort of outline, except those don't close. The interesting thing about that I thought about this episode is from the get-go, the Doctor seemed like he knew he was going here. Yes. Uh, he wanted to, he wanted to drop them off for fish and chips, and then he ends up here, and... You notice when he he said there's someone uh, there's someone uh, there's almost there's almost people coming, you know. Mm. Before he got in there, he knew what was going on, which is interesting. Psychic paper. We've not seen that for a while. I'm just wondering if this is a pivotal point in history that the Doctor is. Playing around with. Hmm. He seems to know a lot more than he normally does in these kind of situations. That's true. Um, I I did think when I uh, was thinking back about this episode that uh, you know with the with this strange factory that they've got and this acid, I don't know why it wasn't done on an asteroid or um, right, you know, off-world as it were. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Giant vet of stuff. Yeah, which uh, took a couple of people like uh, Resident Alien out of it. He, he reminded him of carrying on screaming. Mm. 
<laughs> Mark Goodacre, of course, on our right. uh, podcast earlier. And there you are, not. Or as what, I was thinking, no, oh, yeah. no, someone's going to fall in there, and we're going to have a Batman villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there you are, not. What is this? But there you are. There so. you are. Yeah, there's just a lot of. I've been here before, or I know what's happening here. Of course, a lot of people thinking that this might be the or origin of a new race, or one of the races we already know. Not the Autons, obviously, because they're plastic, but. Which it's interesting that you mentioned the Autons, because, you know, with Rory's background, you know, the end of last series, he has a lot in common with these characters, yeah. with the clones. He has a reason to sympathize with them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking throughout this. I'm like, I wonder if that's... They never made mention of it. I, I wonder if it will come up next uh, in the uh, second part. But they are living plastic, not living flesh, but still... Right. The flesh. It's interesting to call them the flesh because if you think back to New Earth, they were, the cat, the non cats, referred to their experiments as the flesh, as well. Yes, but the fact that they're mining acid. I mean, if if acid is the raw material, it's underground. Right. Again, an asteroid in another world would have seemed a more likely place. The, the, the big question is, is why are they pumping acid? Yeah. Now, why does he do this? That seems very, uh, very risque to do that. Yeah. Hmm. And of course, there's the question: Does does that have an effect on the clones that are created later on? Yes. Is part of his DNA absorbed or something? Mm. Well, we'll see. Hmm. That was strange. His little oh, that snow globe. <laughs> his little snow globe. Yeah. Gravitational force. Mm. It's it's a very very doctor thing to do is to have something, you know. Like a snow globe or the the three uh, D glasses, you know, something quite mm. innocuous looking to uh, foretell of something bad. Or the yo yo. Mm. Yes. And of course, that's Sarah Smart, who's uh, uh, she started uh. In acting uh, as a child uh, in the television series Woof. She's best known uh, for a series of uh, well regarded television roles, including uh, Virginia Braithwaite, uh, daughter of lottery, a lottery winning family in the comedy drama At Home with the Braithwaites, which didn't that uh, star uh, Peter Davison? Mm. I just noticed also she was in Monroe. With James Nesbitt, who, of course, was the Jekyll chap. That was really strange. This is the second Doctor she's appeared with, if, 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 <laughs> if you want to put it that way. But yes, uh, of course she's been in Casualty. Who hasn't? She's been in it twice. 
Those clones <laughs> form rather quickly. Yes. Clothes and all, interestingly enough. Yes. And quite an important point, we think, that Which, will be. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was mentioned could be an important plot point. And of course, it's Krakon, that's Mike Bonner, a uh, Scottish actor best known for playing uh, Bruno Jenkins in Casualty. He's also acted in Afterlife, Taggart, and Wire in the Blood. He's appeared in Nuclear Secrets, Bittle. Uh, but most of us who uh, are Colton listeners and uh, attendees will recognize him from Paradox. Yeah. And going along with your theory there again, he referred to a crossroads. Yes. So something might be going on. Who knows? Yeah, that was, yeah, I think that was my first real kind of clue when he says you're at a crossroads here. It's, it's one of those things that, especially the 10th Doctor would always talk about it. This is a, this is a crossroads in, in time. This is a pivotal point, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah that Mark Bonner played um, Detective Sergeant Ben Holt in uh, Paradox. Mm. There's quite There's a lot of effects in this episode when you look at it. Mm. Yeah. It's a good camera shake there. Mm. I thought when I saw that, is that another retarded console? Because it's got all the sides around it. Right. <laughs> now, why do you say Amy Breathe? That's got people confused. Yeah. Because you, that's what you'd say to somebody who's giving birth. Right. Lovely visual stuff here. But, but still a bit mm, kind definitely, of... Definitely, yeah. The tower put me off. realistic. Yeah, the tower made me think of Idiot's Lantern. And right. um, what's the other one where he climbs up the uh, top of yeah. the... Um, Vampires oh. of Venice. Yeah. Oh, and also uh, um, the Dalek two-parter. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, he climbs up the spire of... Oh, uh, yeah, Daleks in Manhattan. Yeah, Daleks in Manhattan. Oh, yeah. somebody, somebody dropped Kitty Linder. <laughs> and the Daleks in Manhattan, there's another connection with this, because... Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Uh, I get a sinking feeling. <laughs> the Daleks in Manhattan is another one, because, of course, there they were creating those sort of uh, human man licks, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, protect your cockerel, Ian. <laughs> Oh, my cockerel's on fire. Nice when we it's slow down the... by electricity. I, I, I swore when we uh, slowed down the, the trailer clips that he had that damn Stetson on when he fell off of that tower. <laughs> a bit of a Frankenstein moment, that wasn't it, yeah. really? The interesting thing is when I when I saw that clip for you know the the next time trailer, I thought that that was a clone waking up. Right. And the doctor sat bolt upright like that. Mm. You see again that sky would have been so much explained if this had been you know a moon of Jupiter or something mm. that they'd been on. <laughs> like that line from Rory in a word, ow. ow. <laughs> <laughs> It's some good dialogue. I just found out Arthur Darvel's on Twitter. Yay! 
BBC didn't even know. Which is interesting because on the, yeah, the Doctor Who underscore BBC claims that none of the main three have Twitter accounts, but oh. Arthur Darvill does. Yeah, Arthur Darvill had a Twitter account for a long time. Prior to Doctor Who, in fact. I wonder what the Americans made of these accents. I mean, Mike, do you think they would be struggling with some of them? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Depends on what your own native accent is, I guess. I don't have a problem with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's another good line there. I felt like I was about to die. Welcome to my world. That was so funny. <laughs> Even Rory knows he dies all the time. Yeah. Welcome to my world. We still don't know what this ass is for. I mean, it's obviously right. they've got some military reason, but they, they never actually said. I, I just wonder if there's, like, gangers on the loose out there and just, like, kill them off by spraying acid on them. Some mm. kind of war with the mm. flesh or something. I don't know. It's 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 one of those things that's hanging over this episode that I'm I'm look, kind of looking forward to finding out what it is that they're... Cause it's not like they're mining, you know... Yeah. You know, superconductive uh, electrolyte stuff that's for generating power. It's not something that you could go, oh, I bet they're using it for acid. It's just such a strange thing to be mining in large quantities. And the other strange thing here, again, it was supposed to be in the 22nd century. Mm. But it's, yeah, it's, it's just, a, it's an, just an old record. Yeah. Mm. But there's, there's stuff that always survives. Yeah. Yes, but one of the thoughts I had... Um, well, I'll wait till he just says this little bit in a minute. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> He's very good in this, is Mr. Bonner. Yeah. He gets a nice 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 big character to to divide into actually. He gets more than a lot of them. Um, mm. well, later on, when he talks about his 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 family and wanting to go home, very nice kind of character bits. Right, this is what I was thinking about when he says, "Who taught you that your granddad?" And then they have all records. I'm wondering whether these people have been on this island a lot longer than they think. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you remember with the, the Doctor's Daughter episode where we thought that war had been going on for years and years and years, right. it had been going on for one day or something, right. I think this might be the opposite. These people might have been on this place a lot longer than they think. Now, there was some criticism in the show, Ian, earlier that um, why Arthur didn't sort of offer as a medical chap to... Uh, to give us some help here. Right. First of all, the, the, the creepy bits in this episode is yeah. well, right here. 
And of course, Rory reiterating the the first rule about traveling with the Doctor: don't wander off. Yeah. <laughs> and at first, the, that arm doesn't seem very. They seem quite innocuous, and then he realized the distance. Yeah. Now this, I didn't like that one bit. That took me out of it because the whole point they said about that living thing is it replicated a human with, with presumably, you know, bones and skeleton. Now I realise they've got some fluidity about their face, but that seemed a bit extreme to me. Of course, going on to the discussion that Darth had on the show today is that the idea that perhaps the uh, the storm imbued them with some sort of superpower that allows them to do that. Well, here, here's the book Here's the way I look at it: when they re when they do hit the realization that they are the Flash. I mean, regularly, I love, that was just nice setup. It was mm. you didn't really see it coming. No. Yeah, just oh, sorry, sorry, I I won't finish that thought because this is just a good mm. bit. <laughs> right. It was a, kind of a nice kind of like. Shocking everybody, you know. He'd realised when he'd found her outside that she was the uh, the ganger and not the. Yeah. Uh, No, early stages of the stages technology. Of the technology. It's a this is something that I didn't even notice until right now, but as soon as she transforms, uh, there's sort of the fighting going on in the background between those two characters. Right. Mm. Always with the Rory and Liam liked that too because he Always did the nose. The he did the nose bit. <laughs> he hasn't done that. Oh yeah, that's right. Recently, and so Liam likes that. That's how he refers to Rory. He does the whole nose thing. As the nose. <laughs> yes, the nose, the no, the legs, the nose, and Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> Oh, Rory, don't wander off. Yeah. Do that. Lots more little <laughs> alcove-type view shots. But it's Doctor Who. The companions always split up and go separate ways. Yes. There again. Mm-hmm. I think she fancies you, Rory. <laughs> she wants you to come home and meet her mum. <laughs> and it's good because this was all shot on lo well not one location but um, it certainly gives it a bit of a scale this desolate location on an island the first thing that I thought of the horror of Fang Rock <laughs> Very atmospheric and same kind of island location, except, of course, lighthouse, etc. 
going along with your theory there, why are you really here? And the doctor doesn't no, answer. He just runs no. off. But he doesn't, he doesn't say we just came here by accident to confirm it. He right. It's especially dangerous, too dangerous for someone who may or may not be pregnant. Yes. <laughs> if you, if only you could get to the TARDIS. Hmm? I just thought there now, was that actually the same doctor? It was. Um, or at least I think it was. But the other comment that I had was that the doctor seems to be asking for directions a lot around here. Mm. <laughs> now, of course, also uh, appearing in this, uh, Rick Al Cassidy uh, as Cleves. This is not her first time uh, running into Matt Smith. She was also in Party Animals. Yes, and it's not her first time in Doctor Who. She was on a Big Finish audio production with Peter Peter Davison. Can't uh, remember the name of the story right offhand, but it was a Fifth Doctor story. She played a character. Right, and she was also in Moving Wallpaper. I think Darth thought she was actually should have been billed as the main star because uh, she, you know people were going on about uh, Marshall Lancaster being the most well-known one, but. He felt she was actually the, the the senior actress, as it were. Right. I wonder what's under the picture on top, because it doesn't look like that's part on inside the frame. It looks like it's being held on top. There's another picture there. All right. Oh, it's a mirror. Oh, that's right. It's just a mirror. I forgot. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there's a lot of good effects here with the, the face shifting back and forth between normal yes. and clone. I know what of this voice that's reminding me of. The girl who gets shunted into the past in Blink. Right. She's got that sort of a voice. My name is I'm all right, Sally, you know. That's... Yeah. Catherine Nightingale, I believe. Yes. Uh, now watch her face in the mo as she said this. Yeah. This is well done, this. Mm, definitely. It's very, very slight. You just, like... Mm. Uh, yeah. The face changes. So well done. and I mean, yeah. you barely notice any kind of jump or anything. Oh, he's not going to be able to refuse that. <laughs> oh, there you go. Get in there, boy. Get in there. 
it's just flesh. You know, let's disregard the fact that you're married and all, and your wife may or may not be pregnant. Well, they don't know that. Only the doctor knows that. That's true. Why are you scanning it again, doctor? <laughs> I might need a I might need a duplicate of myself to go stand on the beach somewhere at some point and get shot. Again. Oh. There we go. Ah, so that definitely wasn't the other doctor in the corridor. He's still right. emerging. So we had this plot device, didn't we, in the in the pirates one and um Oh <gasps> where the where the TARDIS is in, in uh Incapacitated, in, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a rather common MacGuffin just to keep the TARDIS out of out oh, of the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that the first time we've seen the uh, psychic paper crop up the series? Yes, I said I mentioned this that series, earlier. Yeah, we've not seen it used since uh, Christmas Carol, mm. when the Doctor told a lie too big. You were too busy drinking. I said that. <laughs> and now the Doctor doesn't have any shoes. Again, plot point that may or may not be useful. Yeah. It's like, hey, you can tell the Doctor's apart. <laughs> And the one that's going to sneeze, or does sneeze, it's going to be a clue. Have we found out what Ooh. size shoes he is yet? Not yet. <laughs> sure, Samantha's checking it out. Do you like the fact that they, they when they all meet together like that, they're like this, to make yeah. that distinction of, you know, yeah. who's who. Again, this is reminding me a little. I, I think this actually could have been a special. I think I'm not sure whether it'll be able to carry itself two episodes. Yeah, I can I see know. this as a Water of Mars type episode. I'm a little disturbed. Yeah, Superlatic punches. Sorry. Um, where is where is the real version of her? Interesting. Um. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's like part of this I'm thinking, well, couldn't you just on this one episode? But uh, we don't know what's to come next week, too. And so I'm hoping it's this nice build and that there's something, you know, I hope they're pulling the rug out from under my feet next time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully the trailer the next time is belying a lot of the possible twists right. the story might take. Of course, mm. you know. Worry! Oh, yes. Coming up here in a moment, we have the uh, parents of this episode. Hi, Patch Lady. She doesn't say anything this time, either. No, she doesn't. She just sort of glares. Mm. Which is interesting. That was a neat trick. She's... She... We saw Amy walking up to the door... But it, then she, we saw her coming through it. Yeah. Furthering my point. What the? She doesn't deserve him. <laughs> Rory's too good for her. <laughs> Rory is awesome. Yes, he is. There's a thing on Facebook that uh, a friend of mine put up 
from where he got it from, but it, it shows Rory pulling the the, the Pandorica and the, and, the, and the Roman outfit and everything. It's just, it's just Rory Williams uh, making us look uh, bad as boyfriends. <laughs> you had to be there. <laughs> That's yeah, another visual effect there. Yeah, stand your human form. Let's 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 make them less scared. Unless you look behind you without turning your body. <laughs> or if they don't, you know, take into account that there you look exactly the same and have the same memories, etc. <laughs> but you're right, Matt. We don't know where the real one is, do we? The Johnny? No, we don't. Ooh. Ooh. She got she got the hand. <laughs> shut it. But shut it. But Rory, mm. shut it. <laughs> Keep her in her place, Rory. Ah, Here we go. I've got bigger feet than Matt Smith. So For any girls who are interested, I take it about a ten and a half. <laughs> Three is right. Yes, sir. Well, this didn't go with the old kumbaya. <laughs> now, this is the bit that impressed Darth because. This is using the um, that's done in a single shot using this where the camera remembers its original move. Right. And then replicates tracking. thank you. Yeah. Quite a big deal of it was made in the confidential from what I hear. Yeah. Just in a way it's nice that they don't kind of overdo it. You know, make it that shot stand out. It's a very natural shot, which is mm. should be. You shouldn't go, oh, how'd they do that? Mm. It should be natural. This is just a, a lovely character moment here. Mm. Mm. Now he's got one's got the wedding ring round his neck. Right. One right. sneezes. The doctor's got the wrong shoes on. Um, yeah. we, we, we've got clues being laid, yes. possibly, that might help us. Yeah. <laughs> There's that one. <laughs> now we want a drink. <laughs> yeah. I'll go wait back upstairs. Oh, sure, you do that. It's completely safe out there. Well, knock you out and pinch your necklace. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, look, another one. A nice <laughs> bit with this scene coming up with Rory, though. Yeah. 
we get there, I'll, I'll tell you what their general reaction in the room was at our house. <laughs> mm. Ooh, Clones on an island. It's the island. Meets Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, give me the bird, please. Mm. One less Marshall Lancaster in the world. <laughs> now we an interesting. He stopped your heart. His heart. Yeah. Glowing eyes, it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Yes. And there we go. Yes, as 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 Rory leapt onto her, my son's like, "Oh no, not again!" <laughs> <laughs> and then my reaction was, "Yay, he didn't die." <laughs> it this, I think there is definitely um, a reason for Rory dying or almost dying every episode. Hmm. Like his comment earlier, I that was one of the things that made me twig first and then Rory doing that. You're kind of like, there's a little too much of that going on for it to be a coincidence. Right. That was nice. They both mirrored because there's the same character. They use the same words. Us and them, they said. Yeah. This group say us and them. Yeah. It's kind of like a comment earlier. It says, "Oh, how typically me." <laughs> now that that line caught me in. She said, "It's time to go to war," which made me think that the final story, not next week's, but the week after, is called "A Good Man Goes to War." Mm. Made me worry it might be a, a three-parter, but I'm assured yeah. it's not. Well, I'm wondering yeah. if this links into the, the if this two-parter links into the next story. For I some think it reason. might do, but like you talk, have... linked into that. Well, I've accidentally read the synopsis for episode oh. 7, and oh. the, the cliffhanger ending leads directly into episode 7. I'll leave it there. Right. right. Which, I mean, if, if, I mean, I haven't read ahead. I haven't read ahead on any of this stuff. I didn't even read ahead on this. Um, everything I knew about this, I gleaned from the next time trailer. Uh, yeah. Um, so I was trying not to say something. Nasty mm. Ben Adam. Um, <laughs> um, but you do wonder, like, the, the whole thing with the acid and how I was saying earlier about, I wonder if there is a war going on between, you know, that there's something that, bigger that did happen. And maybe these guys don't know about what's going on in the mainland. Yeah, because all the, you keep using the word war, but there aren't enough people there to to signify that word. Right. A battle, maybe, or yeah. a siege, not a war. I just wonder if, uh, if you know, they're fighting the flesh on the mainland. Mm. Which, again, would have, again, so well worked if this had been some sort of colony on some sort of, you know, a, me a, a small moon with an, a an atmosphere that... The, right. the, Now, that's the first time we've seen the two Jennifers together, isn't it? Mm. Right. Uh, this is a lovely moment. Yes. 
Oh, you're losing your control over him, love. <laughs> yeah, and and the, the wonderful thing about Rory, and here we go again. I yes, I I love Rory, is that he understands the Doctor a lot more than a lot of companions have. Mm. Uh, where he was able to talk to him, he says, "I know you understand us. Mm. Like I'm going out to get her, and you would too." Yeah. Yeah, I'm just following your example, and he he knows how to play the Doctor in that regard. Mm. So that's why the doctor lets him go, because his logic is sound. Yeah. We ought to be quiet a moment, I think. Yes. I quite like how the reveal for the cliffhanger was done. Is that a word in Sainerer? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a moment to catch what was actually happening, and then, there we go. Oh, really? No, I didn't catch that the doctor was. But lips weren't moving. And then I listened and saw the doctor wasn't talking. Oh, oh, because from the moment he touched the the pool of. I mean, I slash. knew that there was probably a clone c coming up even from the beginning when he said it was scanning him back. Right. Yeah, I was expecting like, a clone. Yeah. As soon as he started like saying "reveal yourself," it was like, "Oh, I knew who exactly yeah. who it was." Uh, yeah. Which is one of the things I guess that, that annoyed me about it. But again, it's one of those things as as a, as a fan, that's the problem you have. Next time on Doctor Who, the almost people. Mm. Of course, the question becomes which Doctor is which. <laughs> Shows the shoes. <laughs> oh, yep. Tardis. Oh, now Lancaster is up there. Oh, but which creepy, one? Oh. stretchy jaw. <laughs> yes, and, and behind the creepy, stretchy jaw, wasn't there creepy, stretchy people? <laughs> yes. Yes. I was too distracted by the creepy, stretchy jaw. Yeah, I just noticed it for the first time this time. I was like, there was a whole, it looked like a, a pile of stretchy bodies. Hmm. Well, they needed an army, so I wonder if they, they decided the only way they could do that, though, would be for the flesh ones to create copies of, so they'd be like third generation ones. And... Right. The interesting thing is, well, the thing that's going on in my head, you kind of alluded to it, Dave, was, you know, maybe they've been on this island a lot longer than they think. It's like, well, what if their originals are actually gangers yeah. of the originals? Well, that's what I'm thinking, because that's why uh, they were ha playing old records and this stuff. They might have been there. I mean, I'm not saying that that sort of technology has been around since Dusty Springfield singing, but, you know, a lot longer than they think. And that is yet another compar a parallel to the Doctor's Daughter, because, of course, the Doctor's Daughter was actually cloned from the Doctor's DNA, wasn't he? Yeah. The other thing, too, is at the very, very beginning, before the opening credit sequence, is Marshall Lancaster's character, Buzzer, says, this body costs a lot of money, or this, you know, this body referring to his own. Or was he referring to the, to the acid suit? They clearly reference the fact that the uh, acid suits cost a oh, lot. No. When, when he oh. fell on the acid, yes, but later on when he's up there and saying about like how he, how he died and everything, and she pushed him, and, he's, and he said something about this body costing a lot of money. Oh, okay. And so I was wondering, I'm like, does, is that a reference to the fact that they're actually gangers? Hmm. Well, I suppose it's the actual cauldron. But that, that the other thing is, how do they refill that? I mean, I think they said when 
when they lose control of one, they they go back to the flesh. But right, I mean, so if, I don't know if, but, scoop yeah, them up and... Yeah, exactly. They've got to put them... Out, they get them back into that thing. They can't... I mean, presumably, they drop down in the spot they're in. Right. And the ones, don't forget, they did lose one at the beginning right in the acid. Well, that's going yeah. to be irretrievable. So they've lost that amount of flesh. There, right. Unless it's growing, of course. Yeah, it's interesting. Of course, I didn't get to be on the show today, so um, a lot of you may be wondering what I thought. Probably a lot of you don't care. Oh, I care. I was I wasn't terribly impressed. I mean, it's 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 one of those things. Being into science fiction and fantasy, you come across this particular topic a lot. It's been done in movies and TV and and Twilight Zones, and um, it's been much visited. And it, it it's always the same conundrum, and I don't think it's ever really solved because what do you do when you've got a doppelganger and they have exactly the same memories? Yes, they are a copy. Yes, you know they haven't lived your life, but on the inside. They have, so I can understand why they've trotted it out. It, it is a good one because it's it's quite a conundrum. What do you do with a living, breathing creature that feels like it's had this life? You know, it's it's a terribly cruel thing to do if you could imagine yourself as the ganger. You remember everything, you know, that that your counterpart does, and so with those memories intact, if you sat there and thought, well, you know, somebody came up to you and said, no, I'm the original. You know, how would you react to that? So it's it's a good one to put out there. So I'm thinking from a from a, a regular viewer standpoint, it's a, it's a good story. The good thing about this is it opens up a whole lot of questions, like we were discussing in the show. Why are they pumping acid? What's the overall reason for this? And, and normally in Doctor Who, you find out these things. The Doctor will do a little bit of expose. Well, back in you know you know or forward in time at, at, at you know the the 32nd century, you know, this is what was happening in humanity. You get that kind of little bit of information from the Doctor as to what's going on. We haven't had that. We don't know what's going on. We don't know why these people are on this island pumping acid to the mainland. I'm actually having a little more appreciation for it now I talk about it more because it's opened up so many questions. You know, of course, now we've got a doppelganger Doctor. Uh, is this the Doctor that gets killed on beside the lake uh, in the first episode? We'll just have to check the boots. It's a bit like the, the, another one. Sorry to interrupt. The like the hungry earth, the two part of that one. Right. You know you, that had all this. You know they were mining and this, that, and the other, and so much set up. Right. Uh, and it depends on whether there's going to be a payoff next week, really, doesn't right. it? Yeah. Yeah, and and I'm hoping for a decent payoff. I'm hoping for, in a way, and it sounds bad. I'm hoping for more unanswered questions by the end of it, especially in regards to the Doctor and and, and this doppelganger. I'm hoping that the doppelganger dies. Because then that leaves impossible astronaut open for you know more speculation. If we get the answer right now, it's kind of like, oh well, yeah, that was that was that was kind of easy. I don't want it to be that easy. I want it to be kind of be a, a, a surprise that sneaks up on me and taps me on the shoulder, you know. But again, we're Doctor Who fans, and we want we want more. We want bigger. We want you know. But yeah, it's it, it's growing on me. Let's put it that way, and and uh, we'll see how the, the the payoff pays off. Yeah. Well, I, well, I'm enjoying it this cause this season as well because it seems to me has moved a, a little bit away from the Stephen Moffat. It's all going to be dark fairy tales now. Of course, with the eye patch lady cropping up, uh, there's this undercurrent of well, it could all still be a fairy tale anyway. We're still not sure that we know that much about Amy Pond. She still seems to be the the key to a lot of things. I mean, I could even go back and think all the way back to the eleventh hour, uh, with a, with Amelia Pond, 
the young Amelia sitting on a suitcase. Um, it happened again later on where we had the scene where the doctor arrives back at her house and right. um, we, we see the young Amelia and we hear the TARDIS and then it suddenly cuts to the bedroom of Avi Pond, the grown-up girl. And I'm still wondering whether there's still more to be told. What I'm trying to say in a very bad way is that I don't even think we're just going to get answers to, to what's happened in season six. I think we're going to get answers to what's happened uh, all the way back to season five. And not just... Because one of the things that we've, we've complained about is that we still haven't found who's controlling the TARDIS. The silence, silence will fall... Yes. Uh, and all this. I mean, it may well be that science will fall. It's like the Roman Empire will fall. It right. may be how how the silence were defeated. That's what, what it yeah. might mean. But and there's um, also there's also the voice that says silence will fall. <laughs> well, even even uh, Prisoner Zero said it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's all the way back to that. But uh, here, um, I, I was slightly confused at the opening. I did feel as though uh, we could have just done with one or two more facts uh, because we were th we were put basically on the wrong foot right from the start when the doctor's going up those steps and he says well they're nearly people and we're thinking well, what's he talking about how does he know that with the the the, the presumably uh, the TARDIS has been sent off track by this uh, solar tsunami and um, yet he seems to know where they've arrived maybe it's because he's arrived at a place where he's been before in in a different time period um right. Uh, a couple of other things that was mentioned. I mean, the uh, person who runs the factory, Cleves, the leader. And, yeah, uh, Rachel uh, Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. And she says, um, when the doctor tells her to do something, she says, my factory, my rules. Right. Which was exactly the response he got in The Curse of the Black Spot from the captain there. Yeah, you my know, ship. Uh, my ship, my rules, you know. Yeah. So that was that. Um, I can see lots of parallels, as I say. I mean, uh, little bits of... Um, the Daleks in Manhattan story coming through, a little bit of Waters of Mars, a little bit of Idiot's Lantern. But I think my overall thing is that um, because the, the writer wanted to end on that cliffhanger of the Doctor coming out of the shadows, sorry, the, the ganger Doctor coming out of the shadows, right. uh, he sort of held the suspense a little bit long to end on that, uh, which perhaps drew out some of the action a little bit. Right. Um, I, I do honestly think, and I, I hope I'm proved wrong, that when it, whenever we've seen the two-parter, we would think that might have been tighter if it had been done as a 70-minute special. Right, yeah. Mike. Right. Uh, before, well, before we cross to Mike, uh, just to interrupt slightly and say, uh, Rachel Cassidy was in the Fifth Doctor audio drama The Judgment of Iskar, uh, where she played Mesca. That was the, uh, uh -huh. the, the audio adventure that, that, that Mike was searching for earlier. It's part of the uh, the the key to time, the oh, second yes. key to time uh, yeah. series. Using the number two instead of yes. the word two. Clever. <laughs> hmm. But yes, and when it went into this episode the first time, I was thinking, you know, it's Matthew Graham. It's uh, it's the guy who wrote Fear Her. So I didn't have that high of expectations really, considering how widely regarded that episode is. But then, actually, after seeing this episode a few times, as I have now. It's, it's it's growing on me as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the plot plays out in uh, the Elmos people. There's so many questions. The, the plot can go any any sort of ways, any number yeah. of directions at this point. I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Yeah. yeah. So far, he's redeemed himself <laughs> if yeah. he needs to. <laughs> right. I I think with Fear Her, he was given a series, a set of 
of circumstances that needed to be included in the in the script, which is uh, what I gather from reading like the writer's tale and, and from what I know is they plan out these series and they say, well, this is what you're going to do in this, and this is the thing that you get uh, and write an episode. Because I mean, Matthew Graham has written some lovely stuff, uh, Ashes to Ashes and Life on Mars. I mean, Monastic Productions, which which did Life on Mars and, and Ashes to Ashes, was founded by him. This is his production company. He founded with um, Ashley Perot. But yeah, this. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that the rug gets pulled out from under my feet in the next episode. I think uh, the the fear her one was one of the the one episode that, uh, and I don't wish to make light of it, but the, the, the young actress that they chose in the lead role wasn't sufficiently um, capable of carrying it off, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, and where the casting of young child actors has usually been impeccable, I think, in that case, that slightly detracted from it. And, and of course, the famous scribble spoiled it somewhat. Right. But I do like this episode uh, more, as I say. Uh, the other one it reminded me, I don't know if I mentioned it, was 42. The, uh, you know, the, the just this sort of... Because uh, it's basically a, a, almost a bottle episode in a way. Although the fact that they did it, uh, I was going to say, uh, on location. But it was at, at a number of locations. And they married those together very well. I think they did it through lighting. One of the reasons, if you watch The Confidential, when you see the confidential cameras seeing the scenes, the lighting is completely different with a right. lot more colour. But they've given it that sort of uh, muted um, palette and, and that hangs the, the different venues together into one one place. Of course, the crypt was from one place, the corridors from another, the, right. the, the place where the, uh, the sleep beds were, or whatever they were called, uh, was in another one. Um, but they, they, they hung it together very well. So I think uh, the director does, uh, does take uh, quite a bit of credit of bringing this to the screen. It was one of the harshest winters we had in this country. I mean, again, in the cover, it was minus two degrees. That's Quick. two degrees centigrade. So that's probably, mm. you know, at 25 degrees Fahrenheit that they were doing that. Yes. Having lived in Minnesota, ow. I think it's that cold where you are, Mike. I mean, I know you get snow, but. Sometimes it's. <laughs> it usually gets down to maybe the tens. Um, Maybe towards zero sometimes, but yeah, not as cold as that. Yeah. Oh no, no, well, no, no. Are you talking? We're talking. Yeah, I'm talking Fahrenheit. I'm talking Fahrenheit. I'm I'm doing the conversions in my mind. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm talking about Fahrenheit. You're talking centigrade. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I, I'm talking in the Fahrenheit scale, getting down to 25 oh. Fahrenheit. <laughs> that's yeah, that's below freezing either way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No matter which way you look at it. <laughs> All right, um, Either way, that's uh, that's comfortable weather for Charlie Pizza. You have to wrap your cockerel up in that weather. <laughs> All right, one other one other thing to mention is this uh, this uh, with this episode we welcome uh, Julian Simpson to uh, the directing staff of Doctor Who. Uh, Julian Simpson's first job directing, uh, um, doing both episodes, of course. Uh, previously, he's directed uh, New Tricks, Hustle, uh, Hotel Babylon. Uh, MI5, the Inspector Lindley Mysteries, without you and murder prevention. So, yeah, welcome to the. It's it's well put together and 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 looks great. So, so it's nice to to welcome somebody new into the team too. It gives a bit of fresh perspective into the show, changes things up. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, one one final thought I will say is that um, it had a lot to live up to following on from 
the Doctor's Wife episode. So, I, I, as I say, it, it's one of these episodes that the, the more you actually watch it, I think the more there is to gain from it. In actual fact, the odd, the odd little thing that took, well, took me out of it, the, you know, the sight of the tower, I thought, oh, he's got to climb that, like Idiot's Lantern, and, mm. uh, and then the, the, um, the sort of face on a, on a tube, you know, uh, the, the woman coming out of the bathroom, took me out of it. But overall, the 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 guest actors uh, turned in very solid performances, and oh, uh, yes. and and there's a lot of dark humour in it when you start uh, doing it. So, and the very fact that we indeed we weren't really going to talk very much after this part because it's the first of a two-parter, and yet we found an awful lot to say. Yes. All right. Well, I think that it about wraps it up for us. Um, of course, we will continue this discussion next week, following next episode, which is called. The almost people. So we will be uh, back for the almost people, which is kind of just describes us. At least Dave and I, after a couple of drinks, anyway. <laughs> Speak to yourself. I'm on three or four by now. Speak to myself. See, that's how far in it is, folks. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> but while my me and my clone have uh, have a uh, have at this bottle of uh, Rex Goliath, uh, we will leave you to it and. We will see you next week for the next exciting episode that we will talk all over the top of. So until then, it's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thor. Goodbye from Dave AC. I thought he'd gone already. And it's goodbye from... <laughs> no, I'm still here. <laughs> I think we've got to delay on the controls. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Bye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. I think we have a delay on the controls. I think there's a delay in the controls. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.